Oh, don't get hit by the car. That's true. Cross country is full of a lot of white people. No, I was talking about the snow. <laughs> I actually did not get that. Oh, car. car. Ooh. Uh, hit me. So next time you're out there and freezing cold, just squish your neck together. Uh, it should help you breathe better. It's refreshing to know that you can edit this. Yeah. Are we doing just like a live podcast? Yeah. Oh, it'd be some dry stuff. Not to mention the Airbnb we rented. Wow. Hot tub and all. Welcome back to all of our listeners coming from every state in America, every country in the world, all around the globe. We apologize for the hiatus of over a year from our last episode being released, but we are back. We're excited. We're healthy. We are running on the roads, uh, and we're excited to have you. I'm Steve Van Gundy. And I am Jeff Jefferson. I got to say, Steve, over the past year, a lot of things have happened in my life, but most importantly, all happiness has left my heart. (laughs) I am a stone-cold pillar of sadness right now, and I couldn't think of any more fitting weather for that mood. I was going to say, what an appropriate thing to say on such a dreary day. Yeah, the sun's out, the birds are chirping, the sky is absolutely beautiful, I hate it. (laughs) I can't handle it, honestly. In reality, we are running probably about 28 degrees, there's about a half inch of ice. (laughs) Everywhere. Everywhere. It's on me, it's on him. It's cold, my lips are freezing, so... It's hard for me to talk, uh, but we are nonetheless persevering to give you guys a great episode. That's correct, listeners. You heard it. Ice. That means we are not located in the tropics. (laughs) Oh, very slippery. (laughs) These sidewalks are not runnable. I am slipping. I feel like uh, like Scooby-Doo. Before he like takes off when he's scared <laughs> and he gets like five strides in and doesn't go anywhere. Right, Yoshi run and super smash. Yeah. <laughs> yep, boom. <laughs> Alrighty, to kick things off, we have had thousands of submissions for questions to do on the podcast over the past year. Fortunately, I'm sure as you all understand, we cannot do all of them. Kanye West, please stay out of our inbox, dude. Yeah. We cannot handle it. Kanye, back off. We are overwhelmed with the support, but our warm up question for this week is. What is the most difficult track event? Please debate. Absolutely the triple jump. (laughs) You have to jump not one, not two, but three times. So I guess this question comes back to, are we arguing hard in terms of hard to do well? Maybe difficulty of technique? Or are we arguing hard in terms of pain and suffering that you endure to do it? If we are going by the first, I would say one of those. One of the technical... One of those. One of the technical field events, perhaps. Triple jump. They jump off one leg, land on the same leg. I don't know how people pull that off. Really easy if you only have one leg. (laughs) That is true. Difficulty-wise, for me, Jefferson, I gotta go with the steeplechase. You're running a two-mile, essentially, as hard as you can. And just to make things much harder, we toss in four jumps... Very high jumps, I will say. Every single lap, totaling something like 30 jumps in the entire race. I've ran it a couple times. I did wipe out badly (laughs) in one of the races. Took me out for the entire season. But did you get back up? I did get back up. Did you run it in? I completed the race. But there definitely comes a point in pretty much every single race I've ran where I am very much questioning my ability to get over the next hurdle. Not to mention my life choices. (laughs) 
Why am I here? Why am I running? I will say, when you're coming around the turn, that water barrier, like it looks small from a distance. And then when you get close, you're like, I have to jump over that. I think when I was in high school and we were not yet doing steeplechase, I would watch these races in the Olympics and in college and I would think, my word, these guys are so well trained. Look at their form. And now I'm in college and I run steeplechase and I realize, man, there's not a ton of training that goes into this. No one out here knows what they're doing. I feel so scared whenever I attempt a hurdle. Wow, oh, Keep sliding. Don't actually. Oh my God. So it sounds to me like what you're saying is field events require finesse and technique while endurance events essentially are just hurt fests and the guys that can grind the hardest win. Yes. However, steeplechase is the most unholy fusion of both technique and pain. Therefore, making it the hardest track event. Do I hear you right? This is true. They say the origins of steeplechase were actually invented by Satan to create the most pain and difficulty in a human's heart imaginable. Really, I heard that it was uh, invented by George F. Steeple. He stole some stuff and, and he just started running. And the people chased him. And it ends up, get this, I read this on Wikipedia. They ran exactly two miles and went over about 30 barriers. <laughs> it's, it's debated. Yeah, sure. before he was finally caught. Much like Philippidippides when he finished the marathon and fell over dead. And everyone said, let's do this again next year. <laughs> this looks fun. Speaking of things that hurt that we do every year, we're currently running in the shadow of NCAA Cross Country Invitational mm -hmm. in Madison, Wisconsin. What a popsicle that race was, am I right? No idea what that analogy means, but it was wider out there than the front of the field. <laughs> a lot of snow, crazy conditions. You gotta wonder how that plays in and affects things, especially for teams from the south, not used to the cold weather or the rough conditions. But to go over results, I'm sure you all saw it. Again, we get all of our material from Flow Track cover page. We were also there, but. Most of the in-depth analysis is directly from Flowtrack. So if you're looking for a uh, quicker read, we just have to cite our sources. Flowtrack's the spot. NAU men took the dub. Morgan McDonald with the individual victory came down to a fun kick. Grant Fisher was second. It was good stuff. Yeah, Danny Jones took the win for the women and pulled her team to a victory for the Lady Buffaloes. Uh, it was incredible to see them finish. Just everyone uh, crying and celebrating. What a feeling that must have been. Um, congrats to everyone who was able to make it out there and compete. But a special good job to Jenny Jones. You're beautiful. Uh, keep doing what you love. I'm surprised Morgan McDonald didn't shave his beard for the race. Must have cost him at least a half second. Could have run a little faster. Perhaps. In those conditions, though. You got to factor in warmth as well. That's true. You know, a warm chin is key for keeping a good pace. Dude, NAU was talking mad shit to BYU before true. the meet. True. Like, I love cross country and I love like a bunch of skinny nerds like talking trash. But it felt like like the, the build up to like a big fight, like a boxing match. Yeah, I don't know how I felt about it. I've always kind of been a fan of the NAU dudes. They kind of seem like goons. But uh, there was certainly some trash talk. 
Oh, we go this way. Uh, okay. Sorry. Okay. Certainly some trash talk. A flow truck interviewer asked NAU to say something nice about BYU. And they said, they're good at letting us win. Air horns. <laughs> it, uh, yeah, definitely a cocky move. With that being said, they are super good and <laughs> able to say those things. Is it cocky if you can back it up? I would say yes, but they did back it up. They ran great and uh, just obliterated the field as expected. And the Lumberjacks went out there, swung their axes. I can't carry the analogy any further. I don't know what they were shopping down. Just, uh, just men. I don't know if anyone on either of those winning teams was under the age of 37. And let me tell you, the thrill in the crowd was incredible. Just people sprinting across the course and biting it. Luckily, since it was winter, all the foliage was dead. Uh, and it was pretty easy to see across the course. They're always exciting, but this one felt very special. Really cool course. Wisconsin, as Morgan McDonald won, had like hundreds of fans yeah, and those running bright, around the course. Those bright red flags in the, the snow. The snow just made everything more exciting. So great experience. Some good running on both sides. Now, when we were on site reporting, you had the chance to take a little tour and explore downtown Madison. Mm. Uh, you want to speak to that at all? Mm. I would. Madison, beautiful city. I always see ratings online of like the best college towns. Madison is always up there. So checked it out with some buddies and pleasantly surprised. It was between two lakes, had no idea. So we drive up on this little uh, road and on either side, right off the edge, are just these enormous lakes, city in the distance. Uh, we walked down whatever that main street was with all the shops. Very cool. Uh, that Capitol building, pretty dope. Madison, Wisconsin, 9 out of 10 city. Wow, you heard that, an 8 out of 10 city. That is incredible. So, since cross country has officially ended, we have found ourselves uh, in a little bit of a transition period between cross country and track. You know, that's unfortunate for me because cross country is my favorite season. I love just hitting it on the grass and the mud. I think it's gritty. Um, I think that track is for babies who want a very controlled environment and uh, don't really want to be men. That's just my opinion. I think I like track. I like the shorter events. However, I do like the team orientation of cross country. I like the weather. Fall is my favorite season. That, that quadruple holiday coming at you. Thanksgiving, Christmas, New Year's, oh, and Halloween. Indoor track, didn't have it in high school, so I didn't do much of it, but I've come to really enjoy that season in college. You run all these weird events, banked tracks. Uh, yeah, indoor just, 3K, just, great event. Just stupid racing, weirdly tactical. Cause you have like nine, 10 seconds to like make a solid move on a straightaway. Oh, less than that, yeah. Yeah, wait, how fast am I running? <laughs> Especially when the track is banked. I feel like you're in NASCAR. It's true. It also destroys your hips. So, question we want to open up to the listeners. With track comes its fair share of hard workouts, hard track workouts, speed stuff, combination of distance stuff. It can be brutal. We want to hear your guys' most brutal workouts you've ever endured on the track. Uh, Jefferson, do you have any to start us off? Yeah, I will kick us off and I'm gonna completely cheat. And list a workout that wasn't done on a track. Okay. Was it during track season? No. Okay. <laughs> so we were both laid up with injury this cross country season. And someone thought it would be a good idea 
to do a stationary bike time trial. <laughs> now we got on those bikes and just pushed as many watts as we could for 15 minutes straight and whoever went the farthest won. And what a hollow victory it was. There were no victories, unfortunately, on our side. I placed third. Uh, Jefferson did play second to last. I did play second to last. I gave it everything she a had. New, new type of pain, without a doubt. Hurt a lot. Felt like it took forever, so much longer than running a 5K. And you couldn't really kick. I found myself with a minute to go, like trying to pick up the pace. And my legs were just absolute jello, so. It also takes away the only advantage of biking over running in that we weren't allowed to consume pizza while biking. <laughs> so it like defeated the purpose entirely. What's, uh, what's your hardest track workout? I don't know if this workout is necessarily hard, but in the context of the time, it was one of the scariest and hardest things I've ever endured. Jefferson, you know what I'm talking about. Oh, are you talking about the 10 by K workout? Fresh, freshman year, 10 by K. Oh my God. To give some context, I running hurt a lot and I didn't want to continue doing it after high school. So after my senior year track season, I stopped, took some time off, kind of got into weightlifting a little bit. And when I got to college, I changed my mind. I talked to the coach who I knew and he allowed me to come on the team. Well, I started training. Keep in mind, just a bit too heavy, very out of shape. But kind of my first workout back was a 10 by K. There were no groups amongst our teams. <laughs> we were running reason. with some of the best guys on the team. It was just- Just scared. Everyone, same pace, 10 Ks, right around 70 second pace per yeah, quarter. Yeah, only like a minute rest, right? Yeah, and my word, I just went to hell and back. I was literally making the sign of the cross before everyone in the last five Ks. <laughs> I also think it was a like a 400 to 200 tag on the end that I absolutely burned because I was so tired I couldn't like I couldn't handle running it any slower. <laughs> I just needed to be done. It makes absolutely no sense, but impressive that you're still a boom. I remember finishing like rep number seven or eight and going right to the fence and just leaning, trying not to puke. And I just looked over and saw you doing the same thing. And I was like Boy, we are out here right now. But I think there's a lesson in that, in that as far as collegiate training goes, you can't really write off any one day as an easy workout or a hard workout. So much of running is dependent on just how your body's oriented that day. You know, you could have a relatively easy looking workout that just ends up being hard. Or a workout that's like achievable, that absolutely crushes you um, within the first couple reps. For me, I somehow managed to make Every workout extremely difficult because difficult workouts are in, in, in and of themselves difficult. Easy workouts, I tend to think less of them. Right, you, you just can't get it up. Prepare poorly. Don't have my coffee. Don't eat spectacular. Don't do all the right recovery things the day leading up to it. So I have perfectly engineered myself to like not feel as good. Suffer a lot on every workout, no matter what. I go to the dining hall and have like a fried clam and mayonnaise sandwich. Just be like, this won't hurt me. This is fine. Have like a half gallon of milk. Now Jefferson, since we're in the holiday season, I feel it's only appropriate to discuss the age old question. Do you run on Thanksgiving or Christmas? More importantly, to turkey trot or not to turkey trot? Mm. That is the question. Very deep. So 
You're coming home to your family, right? Everyone decides to do the turkey trot. You're like, I'm an awesome athlete. I'm in the prime of my health. What could possibly go wrong? You line up, what do you do? Do you race for the $20 grocery store gift card, which is an NCAA violation, or jog with mom and make her day? There are legitimately two options. In the past, I have promised myself I will not go hard. You see a couple crosstown rivals from high school. Oh. They're racing. You want to put them in the dust. And first it starts off, okay, I'll make it kind of a workout. And then, little do you know, you are kicking with everything you've got. 100 meters to go. 20 local fans cheering you on. Guy in the Santa Claus uh, suit is just like hanging out. And you achieve the most sour victory where you cross the line and just regret it immediately. <laughs> It's so, a couple days after NCAAs, you're like, I'm in shape. Like, 5.30 pace should be easy, right? We do that all the time. No. No, no, no. So I think my mentality would be, on Thanksgiving, you do the turkey trot with the fam, no breakfast. So not only do you not eat, but you're also on a massive caloric deficit because of the run. So when that 2 o'clock Thanksgiving meal comes around, it is just absolute game over. You eat four to 5,000 calories and proceed to go to bed. <laughs> You're like, peace out. I'm taking a nap. I'll see y'all later. You know, gotta recover. I think my mentality might be slightly different for a Christmas or whatever respective winter holiday you celebrate because it's much less of a food-oriented holiday. Every holiday is a food-oriented holiday, sir. Christmas, you know, it depends on the family you're in. But to me, Christmas is all about brunch. I think there's always more festivities on Christmas Day. You've got stockings in the morning. You've got presents at some point. You've got lunch with the whole extended family. It feels almost more wrong to me to ditch that, to go for a run. Yeah, to like go dip. Yeah. And you know, you know, you're gonna... I remember I did a Christmas ride a long run in the morning and I felt guilty. <laughs> Especially because you get up and no one else in your family is up yet. And it's like the exact antithesis of what it was like when you were a little kid. Like you get up before, you crawl downstairs, see all the gifts, you're hype as hell. Now, you get up and you just look, you're, you're just staring 16 miles down. You're sad as hell. You get back, they're almost done with stockings. Yeah, they're like, oh, we've already eaten. Uh, all the coffee's gone. <laughs> the disapproving look from grandpa. Oh, oh never good. So with that being said, I have a uh, strong vote for run on Thanksgiving, take Christmas Day off. Gotta treat yourself, spend some time with the fam. Now to our followers who celebrate Hanukkah, you heard me, that is eight days of rest, okay? <laughs> to all of our BYU runners, <laughs> happy Kwanzaa. We don't know what you celebrate. <laughs> Might have to redact that one. Well, the BYU people have a different problem. They're trying to wrap presents for the children at 3 a.m. <laughs> so they're up super late. Oh, gosh. I agree. Don't run on Christmas. Christmas Eve, wait until, like, evening. Go on a quiet, like, contemplative run. Uh -huh. Kind of, you know, just like you do on New Year's, where sometimes I try, I'll stay up until midnight, and then I'll go run. So you're just running, and there are fireworks, and you're just thinking about your entire year. And it's just a quiet moment. Except I was in Florida last New Year's, so it wasn't, you know, absolutely awful to run on New Year's. It's kind of nice. You know, speaking of holidays, I think every 
collegiate athlete, but also college student, finds themselves in this weird in-between phase where you go home for Thanksgiving, you are phenomenally relaxing. Oh, you figure out how to sleep course, again. Just a few weeks later, you have Christmas coming in hot, but in between those two holidays, you have the most stressful period, arguably of the entire year. You heard him right, kids. He's talking about finals week. Finals exam, final exams. Painful, no fun, stressful. We're just trying to pass. And yet, there's so many things on the plate. So many things we're trying to get to back home. It's the morning of, right? Your exam's at 3 p.m., all right? Uh, You're already strung out on coffee. You studied arguably all you can short of cramming. Do you run? Ooh. Do you run before your exam? Get those brain juices flowing? Or do you conserve that energy and hope that you're like just still awake? I would say yes. I, I can't be sure because I've not studied thoroughly, but I think there's some scientific research. Well, let's be honest, Kevin, you never study thoroughly. Okay. Also, my name's Steve. Uh, it's Steve. Uh, I think there's some scientific research to back up their running, gets those brain juices going, kind of makes you remember things better, perhaps. I, th I say you go for the run, especially working under the assumption that you're all studied out. There's nothing better to do. But I feel like I'll go on a run, I'll get back and I'm wired for maybe the next like hour, right? That's true, you may be. Two hour exam, you're crashing halfway through and that's if you time it perfectly. <laughs> this is true. You ever get to that point where in the middle of the exam you like rock it through like four questions, you're about an hour in and you realize you've read the same sentence like four times and that you've just grinded to a complete halt. You look to the kid next to you He's not even looking at his test. He's just like playing with his shoelaces. There's that one kid that won't stop coughing. <laughs> Love finals. I will say to refute my previous statement, Sunday for most teams is the big long day day. It is the same for us. And I found that post long day on Sundays when you have so much to do before the week ahead, it is so dang hard to study anything or to focus at all. You feel absolutely physically and mentally wiped and you end up spending like six hours doing four problems, feel terrible about yourself, stay up too late, and just start the week off horribly. So that indicates to me that running may be a bad move. I think there may be a happy medium of distance and exertion where it stimulates the brain without leaving you wiped. I think it's... That is called a 10-minute walk. I will say... One thing that can help you avoid that, that is perhaps not as popular with collegiate runners, is long run fueling. You know, you can definitely stave off that bonk period if you just have a little goo, or like, I've done bits of a bagel. It really makes a difference. Bits of a bagel? Yeah, dude. Just kind of put them in your pocket, let them get kind of, kind of gross, and then just eat them while you run. It's disgusting. Anything's good while you're running. Like, I think if you drank LaCroix, post-run, you would actually taste something other than farts. You'd be like, wow, this does taste like oranges. Oh, perhaps. You know, everything tastes I like I feel really that's more intense. so just purely because of extreme dehydration. Maybe. You're very sensitive to everything touching your mouth. Is LaCroix actually hydrating? Yes. It's just water. Hmm. I don't believe it. It sounds skeptical. There's nothing in that can. <laughs> When looking closer at LaCroix, you find it is actually completely <laughs> empty. There is no, there's nothing in there. Oh, you know, 
as hard as academics can be for some, let us be thankful that we are not struggling with academics the way the University of Oregon is. Ooh, yes, saw this article just a couple days ago on Flowtrack. No, very little details, but... That's right, we just read the headline. The, uh, the Oregon track and field team has been suspended, I'm not sure how long, from competition, which is huge because they're one of the biggest and most successful track programs in the entire country. For academic reasons. For academic reasons. At least just yeah. what the headline implied. I will say that with all the stories you hear about athletes taking these classes that are absolute jokes, their academic advisor does all of the work for them. All it requires is a single paragraph at the end of the semester. It's refreshing to hear that a university is actually requiring a good education out of their athletes for them to put forth good effort and for them to be accountable to the realistic grading of the class. That's right, because we're not just athletes. We're student athletes. The student comes first, except on long run. That's when the athlete comes first. And you just kind of write off homework for the rest of the day. They're probably so fast because they don't have all those facts, like, you know, weighing their brain down. That could be it. You know, you got to make memories. And that arguably makes your brain heavier because you're... More gray matter? Yeah, you're, like, synthesizing neurons or whatever. I thought you were going along the route of if they don't, like, have basic understanding of, like, <laughs> physical restrictions <laughs> of the human body. You like, can fly! <laughs> There's no reason gravity should be pushing down on me. <laughs> what an incredible run. As always, we gotta give a big shout out to the NCAA for gifting us with a much needed rest day once a week. We love them, we make use of them. We are healthier, both physically and mentally because of it. We know you're a corrupt bureaucratic institution, but thank you so much for those off days. You know, when running in the snow, do you think it's an advantage to be lighter or heavier? I would say lighter. Really? You kind of drift on top of it. I don't think any runner is light enough to just not break the snow. <laughs> okay, that's a good point. I feel like if you're heavier though, every foot spall, you're probably delivering enough force to pack the snow down so you get a better lift off. Ah, perhaps. I thought a similar thing in regards to wind. Is it beneficial to be lighter? Or I guess smaller, whereas you kind of cut through the wind a bit better. Or heavier, whereas like, you can power it just it. doesn't blow you around as much. I don't know, but me being on the smaller side, I will say, you always got to look for the big guy in the race. Just kind of tuck in there. <laughs> yeah, that's your job for me. You block the wind. I'm honored. Well, we are pitter-pattering back to the track. It's been a glorious run. Sun is setting. Beautiful day on campus. And my heart is still a pit of darkness. To end things and to wrap things up, we wanted to leave you guys with a question to ponder, maybe to, perhaps to write back to us, and it is this. What are your New Year's resolutions? You know, what are, what are we doing differently? How are we gonna train differently? How are we gonna get better this year? Specifically pertaining to running, but if you got any spicy other ones unrelated, we will take those as well. Ladies and gentle runners, uh, it has been a pleasure. This is Jeff Jefferson. Uh, it's Steve Van Gundy. Signing off. Oh, we did it. That was a good one. It was so structured. We're getting so much better. That was just good. Should runners be allowed to enter ice rinks? No. You transfer. You won't lose anything. You agree? You're sure she's going? Oh, yeah, she's going. She's going all right. You can bet your bottom dollar.
Dude, I thought that was a duck. Uh, that was your butt. Uh, just watering the trees. 